You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 102. So this component of thriving, we always try to sneak in, but sneak in is the operative word. We had to sneak in the wellness conversation or the well-being conversation. The thing that I think is really shifting now and has been shifting, we've just been tracking it over the last three decades, is more and more organizations are seeing that thriving has to be front and center in their agenda strategically. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler, and I welcome you to the Star Coach Show, where every single week we explore some strategy, tool, or technique, or resource to help you show up in the world as a coach, hopefully in a more empowered way, in a more thoughtful way, and based on today's show, also in a more thriving way. We have an incredible guest on the show today, Dr. Renee Moorfield, who is the CEO of Wisdom Works. I'm going to tell you more about Renee in just a minute. I had to share this story with you because it just happened and it got me thinking. So yesterday, I got a call from a dear friend of mine who is a coach, has been a coach. He was one of my mentor coaches. And he said, you need to tell me about this podcast thing that you're doing. What in the world is a podcast? So we talked about the world of podcasting and how many different resources can be available, the thousands of podcasts that are out there. We talked a little bit more. So I said to him, so you're telling me that you've never listened to my podcast. And he said, I got to be honest. No, I haven't because I have no idea what it is. So we went through showing him how to get a podcast app on his smartphone and he downloaded the show and subscribed right there. And so it got me thinking, how many of your friends might not really know what a podcast is. And maybe you have your favorite podcast that you listen to every single week. And hopefully the Star Coach Show is one of them. But all of your friends might not know, and particularly your coaching friends who might benefit from the fantastic guests that we have on the show. So got me smiling because, you know, I kind of look through my own lens and I get focused on my own stuff and was just sort of taken aback. Oh, maybe not everybody knows the world of podcasting and how many incredible resources are available through podcasting. So if you have a friend who might not know about the Star Coach Show or even know about podcasts, I recommend that you educate. Get out there and let people know about the kinds of resources that can be available to them because I know that my life would be much less rich without the kinds of things that I learn and gain from the different podcasts that I listen to. So that just, I wanted to share that story with you and encourage you to be little Profits of podcasting. Let people know what's out there. And with that in vain, let's talk about what's out there today. 
today on this show for you from our guest, Renee Moorfield. Renee is the CEO of Wisdom Works, as I mentioned, and what Wisdom Works is, is a firm that enhances the readiness and capability of leaders to activate and lead organizations where people thrive. You might have noticed from the title of the show, we are about thriving leadership. Now, for those of you who might say, but Meg, I'm not an executive coach or I'm not a leadership coach. That's okay. I guarantee you every one of our clients has the capability to lead somewhere in their life. And all of us as coaches, as Renee will talk about in her interview, show up as leaders as well. How do we partner with our clients to help them not just survive, but thrive? Renee has coached thousands of leaders from Fortune 500 global executive teams to social entrepreneurs. She works with people to help gain greater consciousness, well-being, and internal balance. We talked about how we as coaches can help identify the qualities of thriving leaders and help our clients show up in the world more in the way that will help them move forward in their workplaces, with their families, with their communities, with the planet as a whole. Now, I knew when I interviewed Renee that not only does she have this incredible company that has worked with thousands of people over the years, but she and her husband also determined that they didn't really have an instrument and an assessment that helped them work specifically around this thriving with leaders. So what did they decide to do? They decided that they were going to develop one. And Renee is going to talk about sort of the pain and the gain of that process. Renee's work has been featured in Forbes, in Conscious Company, Experience Life, Coaching World, and Thrive Global, to name just a few. She is so willing to share in this interview. I was really taken aback with gratitude. She shares a very personal story in this interview as well, and just gives and gives to us about helping people flourish. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to our interview with Dr. Renee Moorfield. Renee Moorfield, thank you for coming and spending time with the Star Coach Show today. It's so good to see you. I am really delighted you invited me. Renee and I had an opportunity to visit a little bit about what she does, and you're doing such dynamic things in your business with your husband. I wanted you to be able to share with the audience sort of some of your journey into the field of leadership coaching and your whole concept of thriving conscious evolution of leadership. So Renee, tell us a little bit about what you do in your company. Sure, sure. Well, I am the CEO of WisdomWorks, and my husband David and I co-founded it about 20 years ago. So it's been, it's been, as you said, quite a journey. That's actually a good word for it, uh, quite a journey. And the whole focus of it was about the conscious evolution of leadership, and in particular, 
helping leaders tap into their capacity to thrive, our sense is that we bring greater wisdom into the world. We are better able to draw from our capabilities, not only as individuals, but as collectives, as groups, teams, whole organizations, when we are thriving. And we had a sense then, before the company, it's the reason we started the company, but especially now, that thriving is often an untapped capacity. It's something we do pay attention to after the fact. You know, when we get to a place of burnout, disengagement, lack of purpose, lack of meaning, then we start potentially thinking about it. But we think that that can be a priority really upfront in showing up as whole human beings and therefore whole leaders. So that's, that's really the focus of our work. And we do that in a number of ways. One, you know, probably about, I would say in the past, about half of our business, that work was done through one-on-one coaching work. So transformational programs, coaching mm-hmm. programs. Now that may be a little less only because the part of our business that has grown is working with whole teams. So the coaching is integrated into a team development process or programs that we now have that bring leaders together from different organizations so that they're on this shared journey together. And then the coaching is kind of part of that journey. So a coaching is still a, an enormous part, but just in, in different avenues than it used to be. And allowing maybe it, a deeper reach, a fuller reach. When you're working with leaders who from different organizations who are able to share their thoughts and their evolution with one another, my thought would be that that might ripple through those organizations that much more. Working with teams versus working with individuals is touching more people. And I love the whole concept of thriving instead of just surviving. I think that all those years that I was a therapist, I would work with people who are just trying to survive Mm -hmm. in the workplace. And even the concept of allowing themselves to thrive almost was, you know, am I allowed to, aren't we just supposed to be sort of, you know, nose to the grindstone, eking through the day, giving 150% to the, maybe even to the detriment of our well-being? What's your thoughts about that? Well, you're actually, you're, you're kind of putting a spotlight on exactly a shift that I think is finally occurring. So when I started kind of in this world about 30 years ago, maybe a little over 30 years ago, my, my background was as a wellness professional, an exercise physiologist, and working with people in a global corporation. And I pretty quickly realized that that was not my love as much as um, I was asked to be the leader of a wellness promotion department. And so leadership, I realized that I enjoyed doing and I, it came to me that leadership was the role that should be stewarding conditions where people thrive. So that role of a leader is exactly the role that if you're going to be effective, you want to really bring out the best in others, but that includes yourself. So it was a long time ago that this, this kind of occurred to me personally as a leader. And by, by the way, it's been my own journey around that as well, because I'm on the path just like everybody else. But in that company, I started running, I built a change management practice in that company and started running the organizational learning practice within that company. So this component of thriving, we always tried to sneak in, but sneak in is the operative word. We had to 
sneak in the wellness conversation or the well-being conversation. The thing that I think is really shifting now and has been shifting, we've just been tracking it over the last three decades, is more and more organizations are seeing that thriving has to be front and center in their agenda strategically, not only inside the company, but outside the company. They get, they get pressures from consumers to show up in a way that is healthier for the planet. They get pressures from millennials, which is you know a, a workforce that is growing and growing and has more power around the world to operate around the values of health and sustainability. Some millennials are really demanding. Millennials will often show up in the workplace and expect a workplace to already be a place that is creative, innovative, energizing, you know, revitalizing and all of that. So for a number of reasons, from outside pressures to attracting talent to internally, how do we really create the conditions where people can show up more purposeful, having greater meaning in their life, really drawing on all of their energies. Thriving is now up in the conversation. And so I think for anyone who is in this particular space of helping organizations build positive cultures, of developing leaders, this is a doorway that that you can walk through now because it is legitimized. You use the word making it legitimate. It is more legitimized now than ever before. And the results are actually proving it out. So that's exciting. It is really exciting. And coming from a place of human flourishing and and mm-hmm. wanting to promote well-being and health and believing that it's not only okay, it it makes us better. It it almost like I've also been in the human thriving field for mm-hmm. over 30 years. So you and I probably started. <laughs> it was almost as though that squishy stuff, that taking care of that well-being, that yeah, that's just something that maybe I have time for later. Mm-hmm. And the fact that companies and, and organizations are now saying, this is our responsibility to bring this to our people, to, to make an environment that allows thriving. And then that shows in the bottom dollar. And and that's the whole, I mean, because often looking at what, what are we, what are we showing to our stockholders or what are we showing to the economy is also the well-being feeds into that. We need to have well employees and leaders to be able to really be the best we can be. Totally. I could say, you know, in 2001-ish, so not quite 20 years ago, we did about a two-year study and we asked executives around the world and futurists, asked them, so in the next couple of decades, what do you see are going to be the qualities uh, and skills of leaders that are going to be the most effective then? Not the one, not now, but then. Many things came out of that. The ability to think more holistically, the ability to see um, limits to growth and actually to use a value system to create limits to growth. So growth is more sustainable. So a whole bunch of collaboration and partnerships, win, 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 win. All these things came out of it. But one of the things that did come out that was just so stark was we need to learn how to not delay our thriving to some indeterminate future. So not wait until some time when now we're going to pay attention to our whole being and we need to get better at, and remember, this is almost 20 years ago that these futurists and executives were saying this, we need to have leaders that create organizations that 
provide the environment, the tools, the skills, but of course, people have to make the choice, but provide the environment, tools, and skills for people to tap in to mind, body, spirit, you know, and effective relationships. So to the really the best of themselves, my sense today is workplaces can be a place where people leave more refreshed, more rejuvenated, more vital than they came. They can, we can grow as human beings through work. And many people already have that experience that you've gone through, not just bad work experiences, but good ones, where you've been a part of an extraordinary team and you realized, I learn more about myself and my capacities and who I am as a human being. It, that, that extraordinary team really shaped me. There is no reason why organizations, uh, whole organizations, wouldn't want to be that place where instead of looking at people as human resources, you know, just to manage that we are, and I love this term, and I'm not even sure who first said it, because so, I would attribute them, I'm not for sure who said it, but the word human becomings, that all of us are human becomings. We are way too mysterious, way too complex, way too, to, to reify and put in a box that there's always more to be expressed or always more creativity. That's innate to us. So why not be an organization that really unleashes that kind of potential with individuals, but also with a collective? That's, that is the power to make transformative change in the world through business, through organizations. And so you are doing that in your company and you came to a place of making a determination that you wanted to add an assessment system, or I don't know if you came to So tell me a little bit about how that process. <laughs> yeah, you and I talked a little bit about that before when we, when we had a chance to meet. So when we started Wisdom Arcs, because we knew this doorway of thriving was really kind of our our declaration. Wisdom Works was our declaration that that's how important we think this conversation is, seeing human beings in a way that are that we can tap into this capacity to thrive. We created a number of tools to help leaders, leadership teams, and whole organizations look at different dimensions related to well-being and thriving. And we did that through a structured interview process. So we would help them. Our first tool was called the Whole Life Assessment we would help them look at 16 different dimensions of thriving. And then later on, so remember, this is now 20 years ago. And then later on, it was called the executive lifestyle analysis. And it was an even better version of a tool, a structured interview process, um, because we had learned a lot using this whole life assessment with thousands of leaders. But again, it was one person at a time that we're doing these interviews with. From a qualitative standpoint, you learn an amazing amount because that that structured interview process ends up becoming kind of a coaching, the opening of a coaching conversation around different dimensions of thriving. So from that perspective, it was fantastic. However, we really want healthier, more conscious and sustainable leadership, that that kind of leadership to be more prevalent in the world, period. So we wanted to create a tool that would be more scalable. So about two years ago, and this is what you and I were laughing at before that, you know, this is one of those journeys that if you knew what you were getting into, you may not do, you may not have done, but because you're naive and you don't know what you're getting into, you dive in because you're passionate about it. So this was that. all of us can benefit from that. (laughs) (laughs) This was that. We decided about two years ago, okay, we've learned a lot about the, um, the science of thriving. We've learned a lot about the practices of thriving that really supports leaders and teams in thriving. 
let's create an assessment system. Let's pull together different subscales, everything from purpose and vision to mindfulness, to flow, to engagement at work, to self-esteem. So to, to fuel how we move, how we breathe, how we eat, how we rest. So there are 19 different subscales in our assessment system that, that roll through, a, through some proprietary algorithms, turn into six different dimensions. And a leader or a leadership team or a whole organization actually can take the tool now online and we can give them feedback individually or collectively. And the reason we call it an assessment system is because we, it would not be, wouldn't feel to me very like I was contributing much if it just assessed but did nothing beyond that. So we use this as part of either another transformational process, whether it's coaching or leadership development or culture change or whatever that process that Mm -hmm. makes sense. But we also have an interpretation manual that helps the person taking the tool understand if they are a high thriver, what that means, if they're a low thriver, what that might mean. And then in every different, all of those 19 dimensions from you know high, moderate, low, how to interpret that, but then also what to do about it. So to me, that, that shifting from insight to embodiment, like really, let's make real change here. That's, why else be here on the planet? Yeah. Let's make this place a better place, starting with ourselves. So it provides about 100 or so different macro practices and micro practices. Um, the macro practices are the big things you can do. For instance, discovering your purpose, discovering your why, which people are really talking about now more. So more really discovering more. your why. Mm-hmm. That's a big practice. For most people, you can't just say, what's the why behind why you lead? What's the why behind your life? And they know. That's, a, that's really a journey to kind of discover how you are uniquely designed and what really energizes gets your life force, gets moving and really energizes you and fuels you. So that's a macro practice. But micro practices to me are are just as valuable. And those are the things that if we are self-aware enough in the moment of how we are showing up, what are those things that we can do within 10 minutes, whether it's breath, whether it's the use of music, whether it's the whether it's a walk outdoors, whether it's a meditation, there, we, so we have a whole set of those things to shift your kind of physiological state and therefore translates into your emotional being and, you know, in your mental being and how you show up as a human being in front of before a, a sales presentation or before a meeting you have with an employee or before you have a, as a coach, I, I use these practices as well before a coaching session I'm about to do. So how do we become more conscious at preparing ourselves, readying our being so that we are not, we've not only activated thriving within us, but we become a better invitation for the thriving of others just by how we're showing up. And that's what, that's what the assessment system is intended to do. Wow. Now what's the name of your assessment system? It's called Be Well, Lead Well, Pulse. And Pulse was, so Be Well, Lead Well is a brand name we have for a number of kind of a suite of programs, but we called this assessment system Pulse because of all the great multiple meanings there are with that name. You know, this is sort of your, are you alive? <laughs> Check. <laughs> is, you know, you is the pulse? pulse? Are yes. you beating? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, or are you right now? You know, truth be told, there are times in all of our lives where we're not thriving. Right. And that's okay too. That really is okay too. All of it is okay. I mean, fundamentally, 
and one of our subscales actually touches on this. Fundamentally, this is about wholeness. So it's not about always being optimistic, always being happy, always being one way. It's about, do we have the capacity for wholeness? Do we have the capacity to be a range of emotions and know that that range of experiences of emotions creates a range of capacities to act? So the tool is really trying to look, even define thriving in a much broader way than what many people think of when they think of the word wellness, which by the way, I love the word wellness. And yet I think sometimes we, we use it in a way that puts wellness in a box mm. and makes and turns it into physical health mm. alone, kind of a personal, just a very personal experience. One of the times where the idea of well-being and wellness got flipped for me because I, you know, here I come from a wellness leadership development, wellness OD background, right. is when my sister passed away eight years ago. I'm so sorry. She was my dearest friend in the world. And there's not a day that goes by that I do not think about her. But she, for about 12 years, had a autoimmune disorder. And just, just kind of her life energy slowly just was fading, 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 fading. And then she was in a lot of pain. So by the end of her life, she was sleeping about 21 hours a day. I mean, it was pretty, it was very intense. And she was really, we would have conversations about her leaving this planet and she was really, really ready to go. So it was a relief. It was awful for me and a relief that she was no longer in pain. However, right before, so I I was helping to take care of her at the end of her life, going back and forth to visit her and to kind of be a reprieve for her husband to kind of take care of her. And to be able to spend time with her. And just spend time with her, spend time with her. And at the time I was doing a lot of interviews with people about what's your definition of well-being with leaders in countries around the world. And I still do that. And I thought, I think I'm going to interview my sister. And so every time she was in bed, I, I was in bed with her, with my computer in my lap right. and she'd wake up for about 15 minutes and I'd ask her a question. She'd answer the question. She'd go back to sleep. She'd wake up, you know, a couple hours later, I'd ask her a question. We did this for, you know, a couple of days together. It was extraordinary to have that experience. I bet. But one thing she taught me was at the end of life in the, in the hardest of circumstances, what we think of as the most difficult of circumstances, you can be fundamentally well. So for her well-being was to know that she was serving others. And before her death, before she finally left, I could look on her Facebook feed and she had been doing her mission work, her mission with people. She had been telling people, your life is going to be fine. I promise you this is, you know, she was counseling people. So literally to the end, she was expressing the deepest level of well-being in a time where people think that that's missing. And so I think we have sometimes a very false sense of what wellness is or thriving is, that it's always about being happy, or it's always that there's no suffering in it. And it's not that at all. And that's not a healthy perspective to have. I mean, it takes away the learning and the growth that we can do when we're having to struggle to do something. And the resilience, the resilience we can actually build. And yet right now, what I think is happening, what's exciting about our times is that thriving is up in the conversation and in the workplaces. So for anyone who's working in organizations, you know, organizations are interested now. That's great. 
But we, I think we as coaches and professionals and people who are thinking about this want to support a definition of thriving that is, that's deeper, that has depth and kind of a gravitas to it rather than, okay, let's, let's, let's join the happiness movement. Right. You know, it's not just about lightness. It's also about, it's just about allness. Yeah. It's about the allness. I think A-L-L. I know you're watching my hands, <laughs> but your listeners can't the, see my hands. The wholeness. The wholeness. The, yes. wholeness. the roots all the way through the leaves. I mean, the whole, yeah. yeah. The sacredness of all, of all of it. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story with us. That is beautiful. And, and I appreciate you sharing your sister's spirit with us. Oh, you're um, welcome. She she would, you know, if she's listening in, she would she would be smiling. She would be smiling that she is still doing her work right now. Yes. You know, through me. So when we think about your wanting to contribute and, and the purpose of your company that you have and leading to this journey of blood, sweat, and tears to get your assessment system going. How is, now that it's complete, how is it landing on the people that you're using it with? That's a great question. And it's so far, I am super excited. You know what the intention was, I think it is fulfilling that intention. And the intention was, would this create a new crack, a new opening for a, a leader, leadership team. Right now, that's who we've been using with, although the way it's designed, it could be used with anybody. But um, a leader, leadership team to explore what it means to thrive, to now have some grounding as to the extent to which they are thriving today. And with that grounding to say, what do they want to become? So it's really doing that. And that that part is super exciting. We literally just finished a 13-week leadership development program for women leaders. It's called uh-huh. Leading from Within. And it was to support women leaders in really looking at how can they boost their f- leadership effectiveness from within. And so that from within is that whole conversation about thriving. And we did a feedback, you know, after the 13 weeks, there's a number of things that were in the program, coaching, mindfulness training, assessments, all of this. Sounds really dynamic. It was, it was really a fantastic experience for, I I hope for them, I think for them, but, and definitely for our team as well. And, but we got some feedback afterwards and the feedback we got, and this was a consortium of different organizations that sent Mm -hmm. women. And the feedback we got was one of the things that we enjoyed the most or that created some crack opens were the assessment tools. And one of those assessment tools, we used two, one was a 360 assessment and this was the other. So right now it's really landing. What we're hoping to do, you know, what I think I mentioned to you is I'm aware at this phase of my life and my own thriving that I'm not interested actually Maybe I, maybe I would change my mind, but I, I feel pretty confident about this. I'm not interested in building this enormous wisdom works to scale this tool around the globe. I'm not interested in building the customer service department, the IT department, and all the things that I know have to happen because we work with global clients and we see what has to happen to, for the impact that I think this kind of assessment system can have to create that kind of opening. So right now we're in a couple of conversations with potential partners for who can, who understand and appreciate the greater purpose of it 
but have the infrastructure and resources to scale that we don't have. So we have this IP now that took a long time. Again, you know, two years of dedicated work with the University of Colorado to pull the science and the tool together, but 30 years of work of, you know, doing the work to figure out what really needed to be in the tool. So we've got the IP and then we're looking at, you know, who has the resources to lean into and the big vision to get it out in the world, because that's, that, that's my vision is to get it out in the world. And so my next question was going to be, if people listening are saying, oh my gosh, that's exactly the kind of assessment tool and system that I would love to be able to work within and bring to my clients, that's something that you're trying to scale right now, correct? That exactly. How, how to be able to potentially not only open it up to clients that can access it, but potentially how skill other coaches, skill, yeah, yeah. Skill so maybe, coaches to use it, yeah, oh, to, or, or certify. I don't know what form that comes in. It's probably some sort of a certification, but and and actually creating a, a movement. So my whole my bigger vision has always been, and I think I mentioned to be this to you a vision of a different kind of leadership in the world, healthier forms of leading in the world, healthier forms of leading that creates a world that works for everybody, not just a few. So that's, so I know that's idealistic and I may not happen in my lifetime, but that's what I'm up for. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm up for. And so to have a movement of leaders and a movement of coaches who, by the way, are also leaders, every single coach who steps into the role for me, leadership Someone said this, and now I've got to remember who, but they define leadership as deploying yourself into your circumstances. And so effective leadership is how do I deploy myself, my life energy into my circumstances in the most conscientious and conscious and effective way? You know who said it? It was Bob Anderson and Bill Adams. Okay. They have a, they have a book out, Mastering Leadership. So I think it's in there. And when I read that, I was like, that, that really resonates with how I've always thought about leadership. It's less of a title and it's more about a way of being in the world. Mm -hmm. So yes, I see a whole movement of people that say, yes, I want to more consciously use my energy the way I thrive and amplify thriving in others. And coaches are a huge part of that. Coaches are leading in this whole domain of advancing well-being in the world. Absolutely. So if people want to be able to keep a finger on the pulse of what's happening with Wisdom Works and what's happening with this potential, well, it's not potential, it's going to happen. We just it's happening. Exactly how it's happening. <laughs> what do you recommend they do to be able to keep an eye on what's going on with you, Renee? Yeah, there are a couple things that, that come to mind. One, if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn. So my, my LinkedIn, and I think I sent you my LinkedIn address. Um, The other is to just send me an email. So Renee, R-E-N-E-E at wisdom-works.com because I've already got a list of names of people. We're just now sharing the tool. Remember, this thing is new. Yeah. And it's it's like we can- so exciting. We published it in March. And so we're just now getting it out. So, So I've been starting to keep a list of people who just are finding- the tool or finding us because of it. Because, and there, I've got a list of people who say, yep, I am really interested. As you go forward, let me know. So I can put people on that list because things are, things are moving. And I can literally viscerally feel it. Things are moving, not only in the outer world and organizations, but I can feel this moving forward. 
I can yeah. feel your energy in this exchange. I can feel it roll from you. Oh. And it's exciting. It's given me goosebumps. Well, me too. I, I, and, and you're seeing me and you're many who's listening aren't, you can see me moving. It's hard for me not to get so excited because it's a, it's a life work. It really is. A, it's been personally my life work. So it's well, exciting. I so appreciate you coming to the show to be able to share your life work with us because it is exciting and hearing your experience and what you believe in and what you, what you have seen ripple through organizations and be embraced by leadership is something that I'm honored to be able to share with our audience. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It has been a delight and I really appreciate you. One thing that I've learned over all the years that I've worked with people is that when I have the right tools and the right training and certification to help me provide additional value or help clients zero in on the feedback that they might need or the new awareness that they might be able to get from a particular assessment or resource that I can offer. It really helps me bring that additional value to my clients. I know that I've asked Renee to put me on her list to be sure to give me updates because what she talked about just really resonated with me. If it also resonated with you and you want to learn more about Renee, she has a blog called Wellbeing and Strategy. All of the resources for Renee are going to be available on our resource page at starcoachshow.com. So I encourage you to click on the link either in the show notes or just go to starcoachshow.com in the resource page. Also, while you're on that website, you might want to sign up for our ongoing book giveaway. We are currently featuring Dr. Ann Deaton's book, VUCA Tools for a VUCA World, and was a featured guest just a few episodes ago. I want to once again thank you for taking time in your busy day to be with us, but what a benefit, huh? Because can imagine what it would have been like to miss Renee's interview. She was just great, and I really appreciate her joining our show and sharing her wisdom with us. If you are enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review on iTunes. Every positive review we receive increases traffic to the show, increases guests that want to be on the show, and helps me bring additional value to you. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fabulous week.